And another thing And another thing And another thing And another thing Welcome to another episode of And Another Thing the podcast that continues to set the bar in the world of podcasts. My name is Jody Jenkins. My name is Tony Clement. And we are excited for another wonderful episode. We've got uh, uh, not a banter episode. We're not going, well, we might go back and forth a little bit, you and I, but sure. we do have a guest today. So I'm I'm looking forward to introducing him shortly. Mm-hmm. Uh, as always, we got to thank the team at Municipal Solutions, John Mutton and the crew there for their weekly sponsorship. They are our presenting sponsor day in and day out. And so we appreciate that continued support. And Tony, I know you can share a little bit more about Municipal Solutions and what they do. I certainly can, Jody. I was with John Mutton today at lunch. uh, So I got to see him uh, in all of his glory. And of course, uh, he runs Ontario's leading MZO firm. That's right, Municipal zoning orders. So uh, that's all about uh, development approvals, uh, permit expediting, planning services with municipalities, engineering services, architectural services, even things like minor variances or land severances, or just getting those building permits done. Go to municipalsolutions.ca and John and the team can help you out. And then our uh, newish sponsor or returning sponsor, I guess I should say, Halton GR. You can find them at haltongr.com, your West GTA GR firm. That is government relations, of course. They specialize in sourcing land for development, uh, acquiring the ideal land, obtaining zoning permissions and bylaw modifications. And they keep the project going through all of the process because, of course, this is still a quite a process. They're also very good at putting together the financing. Their slogan is, let's get this done so Stephen Sparling and the gang at Halton GR are there for you, haltongr.com. And I'd be remiss if I did not mention that our show is repeated on terrestrial radio every Saturday morning at 8.30 a.m. That is at Hunter's Bay Radio, 88.7, huntersbayradio.com. And you're still getting stopped in the streets by people up there in Muskoka? Like well, saying, it's a little bit. It's a little bit chilly out now, so we're not, you know you trying to do the conversations indoors. Telling you they tuned in though. Yeah, yeah, still get that. Absolutely, sure. And more for your show though, your rock and shindig that's coming on 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 this Saturday. The, another. And what's episode. the theme? Last time we talked about this, you didn't have a theme yet. So. No, yeah, that's right. And uh, I I did. Uh, it's more of a personal theme. It's. Uh, it's uh, bands uh, that I have uh, either seen in concert or, or, or have a connection to. So, uh, yeah, it's a little bit more of a personal journey this time around. <laughs> personal journey? Are <laughs> yeah. you going to cry? Do you think you'll cry during the episode? I might or? have a little, shed a little tear here or there. You know, some of these <laughs> artists are not with us. You know, uh, I'll talk about Neil Peart a little bit uh, from Rush. Of course, he yeah, has you passed love that away. Guy. I do. And they're, they're building two statues for him in St. Catharines. Did you know that? I had. Did not know that. Yeah, it's going to be at Lakeside two Park. Two statues. Two two statues. The early Neil Peart and the later Neil Peart, and they're going to be sort of conjoined somehow. And they're raising a million bucks for this. Wow! And are you? How much are you donating? I haven't decided yet, but I probably will huh? donate. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Well, there you go. There you go. So the rock and shindig, and <laughs> last but not least, LooneyPolitics.com, a wonderful aggregate news site that you can get exclusive content 
uh, just by joining and becoming a member, use the code podcast to get 50% off your annual subscription and you will not be disappointed. Looneypolitics.com. All right. So uh, we promised you a guest. Uh, we have a guest. Uh, do you want to introduce him, Tony? Or Well, I can say a little bit. You know him, uh, obviously, more personally because he's uh, from your neck of the woods. But of course, we have uh, with us the Member of Parliament for the Bay of Quinty, Ryan Williams, Member of Parliament. He happens to be uh, in the shadow cabinet of Pierre Polia. We can talk a little bit about that as the uh, shadow minister for Pan-Canadian Trade and Competition. Welcome to the program, Ryan. Thank you, gentlemen. I was I was just enjoying you two go back and forth. So this is just <laughs> nice to be part of the conversation. That's all the time we have, Ryan. Thanks for joining. <laughs> well, thanks for having me. It was nice, nice to be on the show. <laughs> well, it's uh, it's great to have you on the program. Obviously, yes, you are the MP uh, in my hometown where I'm currently living, and. Uh, um, how long have you been in there now? It feels like a long time, but it hasn't it been like that long. Ten years, ago. it's a year. <laughs> Is it? It's been a year. Okay, it's one so year. you've been in there. You've been in there a year. Why don't you? Um, I, I'm sure Tony will interject with some stuff too on on campaigning and all that. But I, why don't you tell us a little bit about about how you got to the spot where you're at right now? Like what what was what went through the mind? What was your process to because you were a sitting councilor here in Belleville. Now you're the MP. That's right. I'll start a little further back. So I, I came back to Belleville and Bay of Quinney when I was 24, uh, which was only three years ago. No, it's, uh, it's about 16, <laughs> 17 years ago now. And, uh, you know, at, at the time I got really involved, I was always one to believe. I, I came from a service-oriented family to get involved in the community. My father was mayor. I just, just at that time, had lost the provincial election uh, for MPP, and he lost that. Uh, I think that was 2004, and it was 2003 uh, actually. 2003. That's because he he uh, was running against another well-known uh, candidate, uh, Jody Jenkins from the from the Conservative <laughs> Party. What party was that, Jody? From the NDP. <laughs> That's a whole other episode. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and and at the time, I I, uh, I got involved heavily with the chambers, and then Rotary, and with. Um, with tourism. And that's where I landed. And I really was um, captivated on the region and how we could bring everyone together. At the time, I, I had worked on cruise ships for a year, worked on Carnival Cruise Lines. I had went to school uh, Western and Guelph and had my Bachelor of Commerce. I lived in Toronto downtown for a bit. So being 24 in Belleville was, was difficult at the time. Um, so I really just wanted to get involved and, and make sure my voice was heard and, and to be there. And for 10 years, I ran and, and developed Bay Quinty Tourism. Uh, the reason that we have Bay Quinney as as a riding name, I I feel, was the work we did in Bay Quinney. It was it was uh, ten years worth of work. We built a budget from fifteen thousand dollars to about a million, and we put the region on the map. And to compete with the Torontos and the Muskokas and uh, some of the other parts of Ontario, which are really popular, the the best way we found we could do it is combine our efforts as a whole. And that's where Bay Quinney was born. It was about one landmark and the cities and municipalities around that. What was neat about the work we did, it was working with the chambers. And of course, I was, I was, uh, my full time job was, was the general manager of the Best Western that we owned. And I now own myself um, uh, for the last, well, for 15 years. Um, it was really a passion of mine to develop the region. I really loved the region. You got to know the people. I got to go to the Prince Edward County, to Quinney West, and, and promote what they were doing, the National Air Force Museum and Murray Canal, Belleville itself, with a lot of the, 
restaurants in the downtown and the hotels for the region. And uh, we developed golf packages and fishing for walleye and just really cool things. And what we found on that, the big problem was trying to get people to live in the region. Uh, believe it or not, back about 12 years ago, our growth rate was only 0.2% a year. So after I was kind of done with Bay Quinney Tourism at the time, or still running it, I, I developed a board called Bay Quinney Living. It was the developers, uh, some, some people like uh, your sponsor on, on looking at how do we get more building permits and develop more spaces and more lands, the developers themselves, the Quinney Realtors, and, and immigration. So we were trying to drive people to the region. So we did commercials and advertising that um, looked at drawing people to Bay Quinney to live. And, and we feel we did a pretty good job because now, as of last year, uh, we were one of the fastest growing regions in all of Canada. Oh, wow. And it takes a lot of work to get there. And, and they, they gauge that on stats from the U-Haul, U-Haul trucks and one-way destinations and where they end up in Belleville and, and the Bay Quinney region were one of the top ones. It came with some negative aspects. One was that housing prices went up way too much. The average house price in the county, for instance, is $1.2 million last year, which was pretty high. When we ran Bay Quinney Living at the time, it, the average house price for a house in the county was only $350,000 for waterfront property. It was unbelievable. Wow. So, and that, so that solved a couple of problems at the time. And we combined then the Bay Quinney Tourist Council with the Bay Quinney Living Council. It was the first board that I know. I think it's the only board in Canada that combined living attraction with tourism, which is really cool. And I founded another group um, after that because what we found was it was great to get retirees to the region it was hard to keep and retain and attract youth. So I developed a, an economic development board called Quinovation, and we were all about non-traditional economic development, looking for non-manufacturing, so more tech and uh, entrepreneurship. And it was a really cool, I, that was my favorite two, well, it was about four years. We brought a board together just made of entrepreneurs. We made a rule that, that it not existed in the other two boards, was not to bring municipality in into the fold it was only gonna be entrepreneurs four entrepreneurs run by entrepreneurs i could talk on an hour on just this subject just just that we we had formed partnerships with Kelowna and accelerate okanagan and a program they had called rev up which was helping growth stage companies grow so companies that need to grow from small to medium enterprises we were involved we, we hosted canada's first rural innovation summit in 2018 um, so all that was great. And I decided at, at the time after that was kind of going that my time was now to, to try try this politics thing. And that's when I decided to run for municipal council. And um, I remember the conversation with my father and saying I wanted to do it. And he was not too impressed with the first conversation, second conversation. He uh, he was really into it. He was he was uh, a great mentor and, and he loved being in politics. He loved uh, serving people. He was incredible what he did. Um, so it was, um, it was a good decision, ran that, ran for municipal council one, uh, won the polls for ward one. So it's, it's really, it's really incredible to think that that was only four years ago. Uh, the new council, the council that I was on at the time, just, just, just had their last meeting tonight. Yeah. So that was literally four years ago. It seems like such a long time ago. So, so much has happened since then. Uh, of course, getting the nomination, um, leaving council running, uh, winning the, uh, and, and that was, I mean, three elections really in, in, in about three years, right? The municipal yeah. election, then the nomination, which is an election in itself. Yeah. And then, and then the election, which was, um, which was a lot of fun. Um, it was hard. It wasn't what we all wanted at the end result, but it was at the end of the day, it was, 
it was a great election and and here we are a year later after a, a good year in parliament yeah and it's so it's so bizarre tony i'll let you hop in here a second but it is bizarre ryan when you think about you know like uh so when i was on council in 210 both neil neil ellis was the mayor hmm. we both ran against each other and he won obviously federally and became the mp and now then you ran against neil defeated him and you're the mp and now neil's the mayor of the city of Belleville again. It's just, it's just funny how everything is it's like musical chairs. Yeah, it's it's hilarious actually. So. Someone was talking about that today. How uh, in the in the U.S. the Americans will say, "Well, you know, what did you do before this, or what did your father do?" And they say, "Well, what do you mean? We were politicians. Or my father was a politician, right?" There <laughs> yeah. seems to be some more of of the legacy uh, in the U.S. I think you know what's interesting here in Canada is, is I really I, I've got to say that my favorite part of the whole job. Are the people right uh, especially people around in caucus every one of them has an interesting story everyone has a different background everyone has a different reason for being here i found the same in municipal council i really enjoyed my time with a few of the councillors you know you spend so much time together right you're just there's no choice but to get to know them uh pretty well and i also like that in this level i think some of the the best people i've 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 never met are here and i'm sure tony you remember that too from being here and all the different connections you make. hundred percent, hundred percent. But of course you uh, really started in parliament in a very weird time where, uh, you know, COVID, uh, we were just getting over that. And uh, so you were, had these hybrid parliaments uh, going on or sessions going on. So uh, is that, is that, does it still feel a bit weird uh, <laughs> to be there in person? Yeah, you know the first, the first, uh, and I think I'm well, thinking back. It was November, so well, clear that it's we're getting close to the one year mark. And when the speech from the throne came, we were all in Parliament, and I was chosen to be one of the first to ask a question. And I remember him saying in my question, "I hope we continue to sit in this place." And of course, about uh, two weeks later, we weren't. Uh, it was hybrid, and only uh, one third of the Liberals were ever there after that. And, and we, we tried to be there, but everything was, was topsy turvy. You know, we had the, uh, the convoy and the, and the truckers protests. We had COVID restrictions. Um, yeah, it was, it was, it was hard. The class of 2019 will always say, of course they had it way harder. Yeah. They were only in for a short time then COVID hit. And, and then all of a sudden they were gone and, and hybrid parliament for meant for a lot of them that they weren't weren't even in the house at all. So a lot of times when we were doing things for the first time, some of the class of 2019 were doing them for the first time as well. And then, you know, the on and on again, off again, lockdown, masks, uh, the the motions. We have another one that we're debating again tomorrow, which is, you know, I think it's a motion 22. They're all very similar where they're trying to, um, you know, have parliament go, go into midnight sittings. Um, yeah, so it is. It's have, have you done have you done midnight sittings yet? Yes, yes, yes uh, okay, yeah, a few now. Um, and we had that up to the end of June, so there were quite a few nights where you'd you'd uh, have house duty and you're there yeah. for a long time. <laughs> but but it wasn't. It's still with this hybrid. You know, it's it's nothing like you guys had, Tony. I think from from what I've heard, you you had you know you couldn't go and be away for a vote. Like we can go on our phones and vote. You know, there's some some parts of that where for it works for some circumstances, but I, I couldn't imagine 
never ever having to have you you always had to be in the house for every single always had to be in the house and sometimes we had situations where uh either in government the opposition was forcing it or when we were in opposition we would force hundreds of votes one after the other and so uh the voting would occur overnight and into the next day and into the next night uh and uh i'll tell you it sounds horrible, but there was a sense of camaraderie that was built up on both sides, on the government side, on the opposition side, doesn't matter. You're, you're in it together with your team, uh, to advance something. You're, you're making a point somehow. Uh, and, um, I, I remember those with a certain degree of fondness when we were going over all night voting on, on issues. Yeah. I think, you know, that's the team boarding or the team building portion. Right. And I yeah. think that there is that you're to your point. I think that it, it, there's so much camaraderie. I remember uh, Pierre Poliev saying after one of our caucus meetings on a Wednesday, he said he felt it very tribal that we sit in caucus and, you know, you have your four or five hour meeting and then you, or, and then you walk into question period and you're all united. Oh yeah. You go out of hard. <laughs> that's fun. I mean, if to, there's so many different aspects of this job. And I love, you know, 98% of it and every day. And, and part of it is the competitiveness, but, you know, it's, it's also the team building. It's, it's the uh, coming up with ideas and, and how do you walk those ideas through, uh, you know, the different committees to get them to caucus and then state your case. You know, my, one of my favorite parts of this whole job, and maybe it's, I, I, there was a book my grandmother gave me called Whipped. It was written by, uh, I'm going to say it had a, a, a a few MPs who had left, I think mostly liberal. And I remember when I read parts of that and my mother, my grandmother gave it to me, it was the whole premise was you don't have a say, especially in the backbench, that the backbench won't have a say and your voice will be lost. And there were exit interviews with a lot of MPs right. who stated, I didn't have my say. I didn't like the experience. I got to tell you, I've never had that in our caucus. Our caucus, you have a say you you um, can always have your voice heard multiple different ways um, in caucus you know you put your phones away and you're in the room but green cards are yes red or no and and you will have your say i think the the line that pierre uses all the time is and maybe harper used it that you may not always have your way but you'll always have your say right and that's the one of the beautiful parts of the camaraderie building and the team building is people, you know, cause we we're politicians, we like, we're paid to speak, but we, we like to be heard. And we also want to make sure we're speaking on behalf of all the people that we represent. Sorry, you have green and, and red cards. Oh, green and red cards. Green you, means go. Red means, red means no. I don't think we've ever had, I, when I was in Cox, we never had those. Oh, so you probably just had hands. We yeah. just had hands. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> different <evolution>. already. Evolution. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, but I think, you know, that's, and I, and I wish sometimes in municipal politics, we would have had some of those sessions, right? Put your phones in a log box, you're in a room. Oh yeah. It's not recorded. It's not, but the problem with, you know, municipal councils, you had those closed meeting uh, rules, you had to record them. Um, you couldn't have that. And I think that's, that's, what's a little different from that, that culture to this one. Um, obviously it's a lot bigger. The other thing too, I've really found is that the difference between municipal and federal is you're a bigger part of a team with a party. You never stand alone. Or in a municipal government, you know, you you can stand alone if there's a certain issue and you don't have the support or, you know, you're there's very much different aspects where you're on your own. 
and I, I like the federal side that you really have a big supportive network and a team behind you, especially when you're in that house and you're, and you're together in an issue. And that's pretty neat. And, and uh, do you think that that's better to have a, the team approach or do you? Yes. Or? Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I, I'm a big fan of our party. I think parties for a lot of different reasons. Uh, I think when you're in a group and, you know, there, let me tell you one thing, there's not one day I'm in this caucus and think I'm in the wrong room. <laughs> there's, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's every single day, you know, you know, you're in the right team, you know, you're with your people. Um, you know, you're, you're certainly able to argue and you don't agree with everything. I, I don't ever think, uh, you know, we're split sometimes on a lot of different issues, but when you leave, you're united. And certainly when you stand up, uh, and you, and you're talking about your points that you've all agreed on, you're all part of that team. And that's pretty, that's pretty spectacular. Uh, I'm not sure how, you know, the UK parliament, when they have so many more MPs, I mean, almost double ours, right? Well, not quite 550 some, but you know how they do the same thing. Um, it seems to be the right number now and, um, but it works for us right now. Yeah, it's funny in the UK, uh, obviously there, there seems to be a lot more factionalism within individual party caucuses and uh, uh, there, there's a less expectation or maybe they've just got it, got it into this situation where, uh, you know, you know d- dissent happens and, uh, and that's how you have four prime ministers in five years or whatever yeah, they've yeah, had when yeah. it just gets, uh, spins out of control like that. So, uh, you know, there, I, I guess the argument is you, you can, you can vote your constituency more, uh, more easily, but I'm not sure they're voting their constituency. I think they're, they're, they're trying to save their hides uh, and and look at look at issues that way rather than from a principled point of view. So I'm not sure that's a good advertisement for their for their type of Westminster democracy compared to ours. But while we're while we've got you, we should probably ask uh, Pan Canadian Trade and Competition. What's what's that all about? So this was uh, Pierre Polyev's creation based on some study work that had happened in the industry committee. And two things: number one. We, we're terrible at training with ourselves. Uh, we have so many rules and stipulations that stop us from trading across provincial borders. So part of my job on the one, one hand, on the first, first side of it, is to uh, meet with the different provinces and let's figure out how to drop a lot of the provincial trade barriers that exist. Uh, the biggest ones are, are that if you're trained as a nurse, teacher, skilled trade in one province, uh, getting that accreditation in another province is almost impossible. It takes a long time. It's cumbersome. There's rules that, that don't allow those professions to easily move across borders. Uh, the second part of that is is, uh, is our goods. So wine from BC, you can't get it in Alberta. Uh, you can't get it in Ontario. Um, there's a lot of different things that we have rules on that don't allow us to trade goods across our, our own borders. The cost, the price of that or the cost of it per year is about $80 billion. So it's pretty significant. So I'm starting next week in Alberta. Uh, there is a, uh, a bill actually up for debate now that that's going to limit almost all of the labor barriers in Alberta. So I'm going to meet with uh, that government and the new officials uh, there and to figure out what they're doing and, and try to see how we can replicate across the country and look at how we can increase that trade. The second part of my job is competition. And this one's Pretty exciting to me. It's it's really how do we create more competition in Canada to get lower costs for consumers? Uh, the the motto that I'm living on is if there is no competition, there's no progress. In our 
bid to ensure that Canadians get back control of their lives, which means their pocketbooks, their savings, their paychecks and their country. That's also ensuring that they pay less for things than they are now. Uh, that the biggest one is cell phones right now. So uh, when it comes to wireless and cell phones, Canada is number one in the world for costliest cell phone plans. That's right. Um, of 128 telecommunication companies out of 48 countries, the number one, number two, and number three priciest companies are Rogers, Rogers, Telus, and Bell. That's right. People call them Robulus. So, you know, part of the solution and, and the only solution in my mind is more competition. And so I've been uh, studying, obviously, we looked at the Roger Shaw deal. We're looking at what's happening, uh, of which we don't feel any of that is going to help create more competition. And therefore, none of it will help Canadians pay less for cell phone bills. So I've been looking at models across the world. Australia is one I think is, is really, really good because of their prices. I, I think, you know, we, we compare what a Canadian would pay for 25 gigabytes a month. Uh, we're paying about four times what Australia is paying. So we'll pay up to 80. They're paying only $20. Uh, you look at the UK, you look at, uh, you look at uh, Europe, uh, they're all paying uh, almost half of what we're paying. So there's some really good models uh, that we'd, we'd have to implement. Obviously, that's policy building, and um, I'm, I'm really happy for this. The other aspects of competition will be bank charges. I'll be looking at credit card fees. Uh, you know, there, there's, It's really a fascinating file because it allows me to, to get into some of the platforms we want to present in the next election. Well, I certainly wish you success, uh, better success than I had as industry minister where uh, through uh, a spectrum auction, I uh, assisted newcomers, new companies to uh, blossom and uh, to provide competition. It suppressed prices. And then those companies were bought out by the incumbents and then everything returned to the, uh, the previous rapacious situation. So hopefully you can come up with a better plan than uh, ultimately happened in my case. Well, it's, it's tough, right? Because it's, it's going to have to, and I'm sure you saw the same, it's going to have to be changes in rulings in the CRTC and how they look at competition as a whole. And I think this government's tried and failed to, to also make changes, whether that be wholesale rates that evidently backfired to, uh, you know, the prime minister sat in the House of Commons in April and stated, you know, we promised Canadians we'd lower cell phone prices by 25%. And Mr. Speaker, we did exactly that. Well, he never did. What actually happened was cell phone plans that were two gigabyte a month, which, you know, you can imagine you'd use in about four days. Um, they went down in price. The, the, the plans that were higher all <laughs> went up. So, yes, it's kind of like saying that there was a VCR on sale uh, or yeah. a BlackBerry Pearl. Um, you know, when technology gets, uh, every year we double the data we use and the technology has to double in speed. And, uh, you know, that's just the reality. And, and obviously, you know, there's been some things that, um, the big companies have done. They've, they put a lot of money into networks, right? So we do have 5g and, and quite a, a large portion of the country. Um, and we certainly have some good networks, but there's still a lot of Canadians who, who can't get internet, don't have cell coverage, uh, you know, when you think of cell phones now, an interesting stat, and I just don't know if you remember this, Tony, when, when you were a minister, 30, 35 million Canadians have cell phones, and now only 9 million Canadians have cable. So that's yeah. it's really changed, right? It used to be when we looked at cable or anything, there used to be a lot more proportion. 
I, I think it was only about um, 22 years ago because we were looking at when the uh, the privacy laws were changed. Really, this is a bill 27 that we're, we're going through industry committee right now soon. And back then, only one third of Canadians had a cell phone. It was it was way it was a really low number. Um, you know, so so a lot of things have changed in 20 years with technology. Um, obviously, we want to get ready for the next 20, but having three companies have 90 plus percent of the market just won't work. And it is tough. Like you said, the country that I look at that has the same problem when it comes to industry, but it's really, really worked well for them is South Korea, uh, even though their cell phone prices are well, but they are dominated by Samsung, LG, Hyundai, you know, um, they also have a tough time bringing new competitors in, but um, anyhow, we'll, to, we'll keep working on it and see what we can find. Jody, uh, we've got just a couple minutes left. Any any thoughts? No, I'm just uh, sitting and listening to you two go back and forth and some wonderful information there. I was, I'll was i wrap up with, let's see, Tony, you might, might be able to jump in on this. Let's see how well he knows his caucus mates. We can ask him a couple questions and then see if he knows who it is. You think that's fair? Sure. I think that's fair. You can start with something easy. I'll ask a couple. So if first one is who which one of your caucus mates is actually a certified or licensed, I guess, sommelier? Oh, I'm gonna say there might be more I'm, than one, but I'm gonna say Tracy I'm, Gray. That wasn't the one I was thinking no, of, but we were thinking who of, do you think it is, Tony? I would Michelle Rempel Garner. Yes, ah, yes. Okay. Maybe there is more than one, though. What do you? Is that possible? Tracy Gray, her past life was uh, wine, so distribution, sales. But uh, she she knows her stuff in wine. Okay. I, I would be surprised if she wasn't small. L- look at our caucus. We've got two wine experts. I think that's that's marvelous. <laughs> okay. That's pretty next, good. Next question. Uh, again, this is a Western MP. Which which MP do you think would give the most um, devastating roundhouse kick? <laughs> female or male 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 really? so someone's trained trained in martial arts who legit martial arts guy oh western yep but not take oh wouldn't be could be dan alvis i don't know yes yeah that's right dan oh, alvis you got it there you go and then I'll ask one more, and Tony, you can think of one if you have. But who? Another Western MP. Who's the biggest wrestling fan, like uh, WWF style? <laughs> also a male I would, MP. I would guess uh, Warren Steinley, but uh, just because he could be a wrestler himself. Um, by the way, I, we have a hockey team, so I'm I'm the captain of our conservative hockey team. We have 20 guys get it every Wednesday night. We t- we we drop the puck at 10 p.m. And some awesome guys like uh, Steinley and John Barlow and Frank Caputo has been out quite a bit. It, it's a it's a great group of guys. This guy I, probably plays on the hockey team too. I'm guessing he definitely was a hockey player back in the day. Yeah, uh, I yeah wrestling. I don't know who is it. Blake Richards. Okay, all right. Yeah, yeah, right. that's that's good. That's a good one. Do you have one, Tony? No, that's that's great. I think uh, that's a that's a fun fun little contest we've got there. I don't know. I, I, we'll have to send him a mug or something. That's right. Yeah. Who, Blake or Ryan? <laughs> Ryan. <laughs> I just joking. both of them. <laughs> well, thanks, thanks, Ryan, for doing that. We certainly appreciate it. We wish you all the best, and uh, we know that we'll see you throughout the riding uh, as the days move on and across the country. And we're excited. I, can, I can't speak for Tony, but I'm sure he's in the same boat. We're looking forward 
to another uh, election soon because uh, it's time for Trudeau to go, and, and we uh, we believe in Pierre and we believe in the team. So yeah. Yeah. the sooner you know, the sooner the better. That's right. The last thing I'll say is you know having Pierre lead the caucus it is is just unbelievable. Uh, we have you know I, I'm a big uh, big uh, fan of Pierre and a big big beliefs of of what he can do as as prime minister and. And we're certainly seeing that uh, in, in his first a few months here as, as a leader. So it's, it's been great. And we look forward to the election uh, just as much as you guys do. Wonderful conversation with Ryan. Um, he loves doing this stuff. I think yeah. he does have his own little podcast yeah. here locally. Awesome. Where he talks about current issues and policy stuff. So he does a good job with that. I feel bad because I can't think of... Oh, something like... Um, in the house with Ryan Williams or something like that. Well, and, I've been and, I've been a guest on it. Oh, that's fantastic! And and yeah. of course, uh, you know that last week I was on another MP's podcast, Jas uh, Jas Halan's podcast. He's the Shadow Finance Minister. Okay, and he's got a podcast called All That Jazz. Get it? And how was it? It was awesome. Yeah. yeah. And he'll, he'll come on our program too. And, uh, he's a, he's a great guy, MP from Calgary. Uh, and, uh, he's really doing a great job, uh, as uh, the shadow finance, uh, minister. So, uh, yeah, there's a lot of these MPs now are doing podcasts. It's not, yeah, I guess you because, haven't really made it until you do a podcast. Right? I, I think that's the case. If you don't have so a you podcast, agree. you don't count. Maybe, maybe it's time for us to just separate and do our own podcasts. What do you mean? You, individually? <laughs> Yeah, like Tony can have his own. No, no, just kidding. I wouldn't even. I wouldn't even do one. No, <laughs> it's so much better. And by the way, uh, you know, uh, uh, we always talk about the hurly burly, but we got uh, Steve Pakin on our podcast before they did on theirs. To talk oh, about there you go. So, just want to make that go. point. Well, what? Yeah, hey, I'm. You know what? There's like Ryan's career now going to the next level. I think like so. That's what happens when you, you know, come well, on the show? He's the Pacini effect, right? It's the Pacini effect. We haven't even like where is Pacini these days? He's doing. You know, his I'm gonna thing. take a shot here. I'm gonna take a shot in the dark here, just because I'm feeling a little frisky, and I'm gonna call him right now, and I'm gonna say like, "Look, you're on the. We're on the show. We're doing the recording the show here. When are you coming back on? So let's Do see. It. Do you think you'll answer? Do it. Come on. I think. Chance, I mean, it's almost 10 o'clock at night. If there was ever a time where he would answer, it would be now. Okay. Don't you think? Go for it. Yeah, no, no, I'm calling him right now. Okay. That's it. Oh, you reach a voicemail at David Bikini. I'm sorry, I can't come to the phone right now, but please leave a detailed message. Leave a detailed message. Uh, leave a message. No, uh, I'm not leaving a message. Okay. The message is call us. Call us. Be on the program but, uh, again. Anyway, we got to get him back on. Yeah, so. he wants to come on. He does. How, sure. how do you know? You talked to him? Yeah. Oh, I, did you he, see he, him up in uh, at the convention? Yeah, yeah. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah, no, he wants to come back on for sure. Perfect. Perfect. All right. Well, thanks again to all our supporters, including John Mutton and the team at Municipal Solutions. You can find them online at municipalsolutions.com. Of course, uh, they do tons of stuff in the world of municipalities and they are busy, busy. So make sure you check that out. Um, Tony, I'll let you, I'll, I'll give a plug for looneypolitics.com. Sure. Use the code podcast to get 50% off your annual subscription. And then I'm handing it over to you, Tony. Yeah, haltongr.com. That's our friend Stephen Sparling. His uh, his uh, GR company is in the West GTA. Let's get this done is their view of life. And so you can find them at haltongr.com. 
Excellent. And don't forget to check us out on 88.7 Hunter's Bay, Hunter's Bay Radio. Radio. 88.7 The Bay. How do you uh, how do you introduce your show? Like, give us a taste of how you introduce your rock and shindig. Well, like, there's a there's a kind the of a taped, taped intro that uh, says, "This is Tony's rock and shindig on eighty eight point seven The Bay," and I go, "Hey, cool cats!" And then I I click my fingers. You do not. I, I do. I do. <laughs> <laughs> and then we get going. And this week it'll be like, this is gonna be a hard show for me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking about everyone I have a connection to. Yeah. Oh my goodness! It's just going to be so emotional. I saw Vanilla Ice in concert. That that would be pretty pretty good. There hey, was a '90s there was a '90s tour back in uh, prior to COVID, and I went and saw Vanilla Ice, Young MC, Rob Bass, uh, one of the guys from um, a CNC Music Factory. Okay, uh, who else was there? Salt and Peppa. Salt and Peppa. But I hey, think Vanilla Ice was like the main. Hey, I got main I got act. some feedback on our uh, discussion of the disco cruise. By the way, <laughs> oh, what was and the somebody said uh, somebody said uh, texted me and said, "By the way, your the song your co-host referenced, Get Down on It, is by Cool and the Gang, who, yes. are, who are also headliners. So they're going to be on the cruise they're as on well. That cruise too. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh my gosh, that is funny. <laughs> That so is it, funny. It do you is remember the something. '90s? Speaking of '90s stuff, but do you remember the band Naughty by Nature? Of course, yeah. Okay, I just ordered a bunch of clothes. I, 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 I remember. I for, I watched. I, I get. I've been watching old '90s hip hop videos lately. Oh my goodness! Okay, and I saw the hoodies, the Naughty by Nature hoodies. They used yeah, to have, yeah, yeah. And I was like, I was like, those are unreal. I love that logo. And so I, I was like, what are the chances? So I went on. I googled it. You can get anything and now. Yeah, tons of All like the fake merch. ones. Yeah, and then Naughty course. by Nature has an actual website. So I went to their store and I bought I bought two shirts, a beanie, and a hat. And don't so, forget, we have our website, ZekeAgency.com, if you want to order ZekeAgency.com, that's right. <laughs> for some of our merch. Let's yeah. keep selling here. <laughs> but uh, anyway. It's, All right, uh, man. Oh, boy. We should finish <laughs> with a joke. Do you have any jokes? <laughs> I just did one. <laughs> what was what was your job? I didn't even hear it. What about was it? cool and the gang and uh, they're being on the cruise. That's that's so awesome. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right, Tony. We will do this again. <laughs> Actually, sorry. All yes, right, Tony. There, yes, we'll do this again in seven days. All right, Jody. I look forward to it. <laughs> but you won't be with us. <laughs> Surprise! <laughs> no. <I'm just> <laughs> I'm gonna Dan be. Dan Albus is our new co-host. Yeah, I'm gonna be fired just like Elon <laughs> is doing at Twitter. <laughs> All right, buddy. Have a good week. You too.